This episode was recorded during the seventh gathering of the Parlamerica's Parliamentary Network on Climate Change and the 15th gathering of the Parliamentary Network on Gender Equality. A food secure future, building people and planet centered strategies, held in September 2023 in Mexico City, Mexico. In this session, Nadia Manning Thomas, Planning and Coordination Specialist and Thematic Lead on Climate Change, Disaster Risk Resilience and Humanitarian Action at UN Women Multi-Country Office for the Caribbean, focused on the main challenges women face related to food security and sovereignty. Allow me to introduce Ms. Anadia Minning Thomas. She works for the UN Women Multi-Country Office for the Caribbean based in Barbados. And she is a planning and coordination specialist for Barbados and the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States. She's a specialist on climate change, disaster risk resilience, and humanitarian action across the MCO's 22 English and Dutch-speaking countries of the Caribbean. She has a BA in Anthropology and Environmental Studies from Grinnell College in the U.S., as well as an MSc in, in Environment and Development from the University of Reading in the UK. A national of Barbados, she has spent over 25 years of experience spanning Africa, Asia, and the Middle East, and of course, the Caribbean. She has a special focus on researching and implementing development pathways with a particular focus on well-coordinated and collaborative human-centered development, agriculture and food systems, climate resilience and adaption, and knowledge sharing and capacity development. Please, let us welcome Ms. Manning Thomas. And I'd like to say a big thank you to Parlamericas for inviting UN Women and myself to be part of this amazing conference. We have a very strong collaboration with Parlamericas, which has been going on for a while, with a shared vision around some of these key areas of gender equality and women's empowerment, and obviously the political participation and the role of parliamentarians in bringing that about is something that we hold very dear in the partnership that we have with Parlamericas. Um, I was very excited by the theme of this conference, uh, the intersection between climate change and gender and the bringing together of the two networks. So. Congratulations to all those involved in thinking of that. And it was particularly pertinent to me because my whole role, my whole position in UN Women is around gender responsive climate change. So how do we make sure that as we work against climate change, to mitigate it, to adapt to it, um, that we're leaving no one behind, and particularly um, with a focus on women. And the topic of the conversation um, is on the challenges of women and what can we be doing uh, jointly, collaboratively, uh, to really bring about change and not leaving uh, anyone behind. So my title is actually not enough. It's not just perspectives from the Caribbean, but it's really looking at the challenges facing women. And to address gender equality for food security and sovereignty, we really need to recognize and address two key areas. And I often think about them as two sides of a coin. It's recognizing and addressing vulnerability because we know through research and we know through anecdotal uh, evidence that women and girls are, have disproportionate impacts from climate change, disasters, and humanitarian events. 
Uh, they also have a lack of access, lack of resources. But we also don't want to create a situation where we only look at the vulnerability. That's important for targeting, but we don't want to have a victim status for women and girls. The other important side of the coin is agency. Women and girls have incredible agency. They have an incredible ability to be change agents in this world where we really need uh, not only 50% of the population to be bringing all their efforts to bear, we need 100% of the population to be bringing their efforts to bear. And while women and girls have played a key role in their own local communities, they're often very much left out at the national level um, from policies and strategies and processes. And so we need to recognize and address that. So as we've been talking over the last few days about the sustainable development goals and the 17 goals and where we're at with them, and I really appreciated the, pres the uh, publication that was presented yesterday uh, from Parlamericas that looked at the intersection particularly of SDG 2 um, and SDG 5. From UN Women, people think we focus mostly on SDG 5. Oh, you only need to look at the indicators from the uh, SDG on gender equality. No, we actually look at all 17 SDGs because women gender equality, women's empowerment cuts across all 17 SDGs, and we cannot achieve those if we do not also focus on gender equality. And so I'm going to give you maybe a bit of a snapshot that's not such good news, but I don't want you to focus on it being bad news, because the reason that this snapshot was done at this point in time was because we are still not yet at the year 2030. So we wanted to have a good understanding of how we are doing in terms of achieving the goals around gender equality before it gets to that time where we just say we're not, uh, we're not there yet. And unfortunately, what we found from this publication that came out just recently this year is that we are failing to make the progress that is really needed to achieve gender equality. We are still seeing large gaps, large challenges being faced by women and girls, particularly across many of the SDGs. I've given a few here. If you look at the SDG on poverty, we see that 340 million women and girls will still live in extreme poverty by 2030. That's the uh, prediction, the projection. That's not something I think we can go to bed and sleep well with that on our chest, knowing that. We see that when we look at zero hunger, that one in four women and girls will be moderately or severely food insecure still by the year 2030. One in four. Look around this room. Although we are not necessarily those who will be affected, um, you just think at your table of four, one of the women and girls at your table would be severely or moderately affected insecurity. There continues to be other challenges that women face. Somebody brought this up earlier, but the unpaid care burden. Um, we find in the Caribbean that there's anywhere between two to three hours that women are spending more than men on, on care, whether that's care of children, care of the elderly, care of other members in their community that are vulnerable. Those are two to three hours less that they can be spent spending on productive activities for their own income, for national economic um, uh, empowerment, those things, and they're not being paid for this, and they're not often being recognized for this. We also know that there's still gender gap in leadership um, in most of the countries that we work in. 
when we look at um, decent work and economic growth, there's still a big gap for work and wage differences. And then if we look at climate change, we see that climate change is likely to push 158.3 million more women and girls into poverty. That's 16 million more than the total number of men. From the Caribbean, the English-speaking Caribbean, we are 6 million people. So that's 10, that would be the whole of the Caribbean plus 10 million others of women alone who are going to be more in poverty than men. This is not acceptable. Poverty in itself is not acceptable. We heard many people refer to that yesterday. But this huge gap that we would see 16 million more women in poverty than men is really unacceptable with the advances that we've made in many areas. 236 million more women and girls will be food insecure compared to 131 million more men and boys. I'll let you do the math on that one because those are big numbers. That's a big gap. Uh, some of the reasons around that are obvious. Some are ones that many of you are working on, but women's unequal status in the society and the agri-food system spurs vulnerability. Nearly half of the women in agriculture work as contributing family workers. They don't get paid for this. This is not considered their job. This is not considered something that they are getting a wage for. They're part of the family. They go out, they do that work. Women are also less likely than men to have ownership or secure tenure rights over agricultural land in 40 out of 46 countries where data was available. We know that there's many more than 46 countries in the world, and so another big problem is that there's just no data coming out of the other 100-plus countries to be able to even verify the situation. Globally, under a worst-case scenario, again, we'll see that we'll have a lot more women and girls pushed into poverty and into food security, insecurity. And so without significant progress, one in four women and girls will be moderately or severely food insecure by 2030. I reiterate that because that's, that's key to focus on. If we look at some of the main challenges, and this, this is global, but I've, ho I've honed in a little bit on Caribbean women. That's from the office, obviously, that I work on, but these are figures that also represent for Latin America. We'll see that with limited food, and roles in production, women face greater food insecurity. The graphic is a bit small, but I highlighted the blue area, which is Latin America and Caribbean, which although has smaller numbers of food insecurity to start off with than compared to some of the other regions like Sub-Saharan Africa, the issue that I have with those numbers is that the reduction, so each of those are arrows showing how food insecurity will go down. For Latin America and Caribbean, it's quite small. It's a small number of women and girls whose food insecurity is gonna go down. If we look at the other graphic, we see that soaring temperatures are something that are affecting the whole globe. It's not just this region. But if we look at the relativeness of the data there, we see that 13 million more females will be pushed into poverty within the Caribbean. 20 more million girls will be, uh, females will be pu pushed into food insecurity. These are large numbers for regions with with small island developing states, uh, with uh, countries that, that have high coastal areas, they're, they're going to be big effects and they're really going to be hitting hard on our women and girls. I just also want to point out that on the flip side or the other side of the physical effects, you know, we are still seeing that it's important to recognize the challenges that are being faced on the leadership side. Currently, our data shows that 22% of women hold ministerial or cabinet positions in the English-speaking Caribbean, and women generally 
do not hold more than 30% of elected positions, except for in Guyana and Trinidad and Tobago. So many of you are in those 22 or 30% um, in your countries. So what does that mean when you are thinking about women's food security and sovereignty from your position in those very small numbers? So UN Women has a number of approaches that we work to improve food security and promoting leadership. Um, we work through a normative approach. We do a lot of operational work through programs. I've given a couple of examples here with thanks to um, some key donors that help us to look at building effective resilience and human security in the Caribbean with gender equality and women's empowerment being strengthened in agriculture. This really needs to have good knowledge products that go into training and capacity building at all levels and interesting innovations like help desks so that women farmers or producers or other parts of the value chain can access information. We've been running a program that looks at enabling a gender responsive disaster recovery and climate and environmental resilience in the Caribbean. A big study looked at the inequality of risk between women and men when it came to climate change and disaster risk resilience. And you won't be surprised to hear that the results were that not only in pure numbers were the, were the impacts disproportionate, but there were very different types of impacts felt by women and girls compared to men and boys. So we have a big call for the need for disaggregated data, a call for gender lens analysis to really understand what some of these big numbers Throughout conferences, I hear big numbers, this many people affected, this many households. We need to dig deeper. We need to go to a different level where we understand what those numbers are as people. Because without that, we cannot target proper responses, proper actions to help the needs and the impacts of those specific parts of the population. And so some key lessons learned, um, and this is through partnerships partnerships with Parliamericas, partnerships with many of the parliaments in our own Caribbean countries, um, we have been learning a lot of lessons and wanting to share some things that we think that could be done within the legislative space, within parliaments, in collaboration, in partnership. Um, we think it's important that um, not only coming up with new laws, but really looking into some of the old laws, that really dismantling the ones that have extreme discriminatory elements to it. Particularly in the Caribbean, we're in a post-colonial legacy um, we have many laws and policies that were adopted um, by our colonial uh, past, um, and they are not fit for purpose. They are not fit for a world where, you know, over 100 million more women and girls are going to be feeling the effects of climate change. We need to get rid of discriminatory um, policies um, and work towards prioritizing women and girls in, um, in new policies, in the collection of data, um, being able to track how responsive laws and policies are to these changing nature of the environment and our world. And additionally, to look at some of these other factors that are affecting women. So when I talked about the care burden, those two to three hours more that women are spending on care, what role could parliamentarians play? What role could there be in laws and policies and strategies to be able to promote a more gender equitable division of unpaid labor um, within society. Looking at social protection systems um, is one of the key way, ways we do that. We also think that, um, well, in a recent review of national um, climate action plans, the 
NDCs, the nationally determined contributions, we found that only 55 have specific climate adaptation measure, measures referring to gender equality, and only 23, so this is globally, only 23 recognize women as agents of change in accelerating progress on climate um, change. So we not have the situation again, as I go back to my coin, not only the vulnerability, but then we also have the lack of leadership. If you don't have in your national adaptation plans elements that really dig down deep into, with good evidence, good data, to be able to target when the effects of climate change or quick onset disasters hit, to be able to make sure that you're leaving no one behind, particularly women and girls. If you don't have that in there, if you're not budgeted, these things are not going to happen. And if you're not involving women and girls in the processes to develop those strategies, then you're losing out on a huge perspective on a huge set of needs, on a huge set of ideas for being able to tackle this pretty intense situation of climate change that we find ourselves in. So I will close off here and say a big thank you. I hope I haven't given a big downer on this. I know these numbers are, can be a bit depressing, but as I said, we use this as a jettison. We use this as a way to trigger action what can all of us be doing to make sure that we are really in all of our efforts around climate change, not just seeing it as a big generic for the population, but really dr drilling down and understanding what can we do to make sure that our women and girls, our boys and men are all being addressed so that they are not facing increasing poverty and increasing food insecurity due to climate change. Thank you very much. Thank you so very much. She has given us a lot of food for thought. <laughs>